and Brit. Brad and Brit, the perfect combination of brawn and wit. Politics, sports, and trending shit. Let's tune in to Brad and Brit. And we're glad you're with us on this first Brad and Brit cast of the week live in the 130 Eastern Eastern hour. Um, if you're uh, viewing us live, you'll notice beneath my picture is the word toast, toast, toast. And uh, it seems that that's the latest word. It's like if Pee Wee Herman were still around doing his show he's still alive but he doesn't do his show remember used to have a word yeah and then when somebody said it everybody would go ah they would scream and things would happen and i've just noticed since the indictment of donald trump last week everybody and his brother is saying i'm paraphrasing but there are many versions of this if just half of the charges are true trump is toast trump is toast Okay, so I did find uh, a bunch of uh, pictures of Trump and his face in toast. You know, they used to always see Jesus in toast and there a bunch of that stuff. There's a bunch of those with Trump's face in toast, too. So That's I put that funny. up on my Facebook page. I, I found funny. it amusing. But isn't just a it, it, it can't be a talking point because toast is not that's yeah, not a, not a real thing. But uh, our use of vocabulary is pretty limited these days across the board even among even among the most educated of us can you say dead meat is dead meat okay or is that no again that's no good well nothing burger there you go that would be the answer that that's what that's about well there's nobody really with any kind of even a semblance or credibility that's saying that this is a nothing burger or he doesn't have to worry about that or he can beat the charges i think anybody who a, a first year law student can look at this and go oh you're fucked (laughs) <laughs> this is this is death well, see you're bringing up though the most important part of the disingenuousness yeah. of the pretend defenders of donald trump which is uh, just about every republican office holder uh at the highest levels and probably down at lower levels with the exceptions i can think of mitt romney chris christie Asia Hutchinson, the last two, uh, are running to uh, crack that point one tenth of one percent in the polls, so they they have little to uh, lose. Um, but the the fake and by the way, here's another word: weaponization. Weaponization, bzz, yeah. bzz, bzz, no, right? The weaponization of our justice system against. The totally innocent, most innocent man to ever walk the earth, the most aggrieved victim, the uh, most unfairly portrayed and attacked man to ever walk the earth since uh, that guy you and your people dig, (laughs) uh, who was one of us, by the way. Uh, but Trump maybe even has surpassed Jesus. Would you not say that that's uh, (laughs) what the prevailing thought is? for being uh, tortured. The only thing they haven't done yet is, you know, put him up on that cross and, sure. and nail him up there, right? Everything sure. else, just the unfairness. Oh, the unfairness. The unfairness of them, of them all. But but th- this is what's taken this to a level that uh, we could not have even anticipated last week before the actual indictment came down, that all of these Republicans, with uh, very few exceptions, 
would love to see Donald Trump taken off the playing field by a conviction that sends him to prison. They would love that. They would love to have him taken out of the presidential uh, contest. For which, of course, he says, I know. Never, even never, if, never. You're not never. You're the same shit. The same <laughs> autocratic, strong man. Nothing can stop me. They're not coming after me. They're coming after you. Shit. That's the same shit. All right. Do no, we have no new material? Do we have? Uh, I mean, he's got the appearance tomorrow at Miami Day. Do, do we actually know who a lawyer is representing this man? Who will be with him? Yeah, we don't know who the lawyer du jour yeah, is for this know. man at this point. I think somebody knew whose name I don't know. Yeah. Was hired. Male or uh, female? Yesterday. Man, I think. Man. Is it a dude? Okay. <laughs> dude. <laughs> um, but the utter contempt that the Republican Party has, really, not just for rule of law and for the American people and for our system of democracy, but all of those times 10 in service to their own careers as they falsely defend what they know they really can't by trying to change the subject and using descriptive words like Hillary, Hunter Biden, blah, blah, blah. I guess that's the, that's the, that would be the one guy, Lindsey Graham, who has some kind of a law degree who is still out there pitching. Um, well, this has nothing to do with whether you have a law degree or not. You know that if you have some, um, but I'm just saying that you can't, you can hardly find anyone who has any legal education formal that will say, yeah, this is unfair. He's being persecuted. Like almost anybody, even if they've been Republicans their whole life that have any sort of legal training at all, they go, oh yeah, this is very serious. And he's probably going to go down. <laughs> he's probably done. Well, you know what? You just said the two different things that are not the same. You just said. The, the no one would say oh, this is unfair he's being no they're all saying this is unfair and he's being persecuted and but they never say not, not bill that not the not charges like, that the like, charges are not likely to be no. able to be easily proven because of donald trump's own words against himself and like, his uh, obvious knowledge of what he was doing and his obvious knowledge even, even people like legality uh, even people like you know uh, Bill Barr, he got into that thing with uh, Shannon Bream, where he's like, "Oh no, this is this is very serious, and it looks right. completely warranted." Uh, Jonathan Turley, who usually is more than able to just talk about bullshit, said, "Oh no, this is this is real, and, and he did this to himself." I mean, there's 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 a string of people who are but, saying but, it's see, absolutely a hundred percent warranted. You got to distinguish between Republican yes, so. office holders and people like that who can can step back and look at the evidence and see exactly what's really there and say that because there, there's really no, and, and, and I don't know, maybe this question has been asked in the last few days. I don't think it's been asked of Trump. I don't think it's been asked of Bill Barr. Uh, Jeff Sessions yeah. you know, lives in some cave somewhere. I've never seen that guy speak in the last couple of years since they ran him out as attorney general. Why did they not prosecute Hillary Clinton after the election <laughs> in 2016 if I what can, she did I was so bad and yeah. endangered national security 
so bad that Um, it's not just equal to what the charges are against Donald Trump. It It was worse than she got. Why did they not prosecute her? Because there was no evidence and she didn't do anything wrong and she was forthcoming and she didn't try to obstruct anything. Other than that, they had a solid case. You're right. But time allows them to make these false equivalencies. And because Trump said lock her up for years and years and years and years, uh, Donald Trump would have never said lock her up, Britt, if there wasn't something to lock her up for. They are getting people believe, right? There's a lot of pushback from, from people who are bringing up Hillary. And I have seen that's been heartening over the past 72 hours, even though the people who need to read it won't. There's been several articles in the mainstream media they've been like here's the difference between hillary and this and it's stark and it brings it out item by item as to what the difference really is and why trump's is actually a real crime and hillary's was just made up bullshit it's well, it, there's been a lot of that stuff i i believe you i know it's true but there is one little problem one americans don't read Okay. They don't read. And, and, and fact checking was discredited years ago because Donald Trump exists. Because remember, the facts don't matter. If things it's, were as how you feel, if things were as bleak as you are portraying, he never would yes. have been charged and he hadn't been he wouldn't have been indicted last week. Anyway, we're not living in la la land. There are some people who believe in actual facts and actual truth and not all of this other nonsense. Jack Smith and his team were able to build a solid case <laughs> i have of course mr trump is due his uh presumption of innocence as any american would be before they step into that courtroom we all believe that we all know it <laughs> there's a presumption of innocence of this man because uh he has not been convicted of anything as as we know yet i don't see how well, he's not going to be you don't uh, you don't have your republican talking points down yeah, because as, as much as you in your little fantasy world believe that uh, we all know that everyone is innocent until proven guilty, Donald Trump is always said to be guilty until he can prove his innocence. Well, by the jackal pack, by the liberals, by the Marxists in this Justice Department. Right. And it's just wrong. Right. It's just wrong. The jackal pack. <laughs> There's a lot of people on the left who really need to apologize, I think, to Merrick Garland. I mean, there were, there were some saying some horrible things about Merrick Garland for a couple of years well, now. Uh, I I don't quite agree with that all the way through because the time element could end up allowing Trump to to slide through here, and the fact that this has taken this long and it's uh, bumping up against the primaries and the the election with what could only be conjured up in the mind of John Grisham or some other great writer about the law who writes legal novels that the judge who uh, ends up at least here at the beginning overseeing the case is the one judge who has proven already that she is completely beholden to Donald Trump for making her a federal judge, Aileen Cannon. You know her, you love her, you can't live without her. And because she got the uh, the lottery pick, uh, it's like 
you know, when the Cavaliers got LeBron James all those years ago, right? Mm. Wasn't it amazing how they were lucky enough it's to get weird. him? So strange. And he was a local guy. Yeah. It was just so lucky. Right. Um, and I think it was a one out of 30 chance that that she would get picked from uh, the federal judges. They say it's random. I'd like to see how this random picker, how does that work? Do they have a little thing like a bingo thing with numbers in it? I don't know if they use a software. I don't know if they use a software thing or they have ping pong balls or they, you know, draw numbers out of a hat. I have no idea. Yeah. So, uh, here are the ways that she could screw things up. Should she, uh, choose to do stuff. Number one, delay, delay, delay. She could play along with the defense team and say that he needs more time. Look, I've got new lawyers, blah, 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 Th- that kind of crap. Well, in two weeks, he's going to have new lawyers beyond the ones he had walks in with the courtroom of tomorrow. You know that. I know that the world knows that. Um, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, but the, the, uh, the more important thing, and if she does this, and, and, and remember, I was thinking, you know, she, she has a choice now because of who she is and what she's already done in the, the uh, case where she decided it needed a special master to look at the, all the evidence uh, uh, coming out of Marla, and, and that just got blown out of the water by the uh, folks above her in the appeals court. They said, you, that was just the dumbest decision. Just get out of here. Get the hell out of Dodge. Um, that if she somehow decides that the evidence that was presented on Friday, which a lot of it hinges on the notes, the transcribed notes from Evan Corcoran, the attorney, who, by the way, of course, just quit. Um, (laughs) I believe, uh, and he, he's the one that blew it out and said that Trump played this game. It was like watching an Abbott and Costello movie, you know, where Abbott and Costello, Frankenstein is in front of them. They turn around and then it's a beautiful woman. Okay. <laughs> they, and Frankenstein gets hidden behind the door. All that. Kind of, so Trump tries to pull that shit with the boxes. Evan Corcoran, the lawyer says, I need to see everything. And Trump says, okay, how about tomorrow? Okay. And so then Trump gets on the phone with uh, Walt Nada and in a 30-second phone call. And who makes 30-second phone calls? Not that many people. If they're, if they're perfect, uh, like the ones he makes, you don't need more than 30 seconds. And, and, and in that 30 seconds, he transmits to Walt Nada, uh, I want you to move about 50 of these boxes away. So then the next day, Corcoran comes in. He's shown, quote, the boxes, and he immediately suspects that they moved a bunch of them somewhere. Uh, if that kind of evidence which, of course, is completely devastating to Trump and is, frankly, indefensible. If that is disallowed because the attorney-client privilege was waived by the judge up in Washington because enough evidence was given by the prosecution to show that Trump was using his lawyers to help further commit more crimes, right, hiding Mm -hmm. The evidence more. If she disallows that, then all bets are off. All bets are off. Although I think there are so many other things going on here 
that Trump might still get convicted, but you have to factor in the time issue so much. And Trump has made a living. He's gone to town for decades and decades and decades by delaying and wearing down the other side. But the other side this time is U.S., U.S. versus Trump. And it's uh, a little bit different. And I think we can take some solace in the uh, articles. You may have seen them, the headlines. He's still looking for a Roy Cohn. He's actually saying those words. He's still thinking that there's some yeah. prick lawyer out there. Roy Cohn, Roy Cohn is dead. Fred Trump is would, dead. I wish I was dead. Right. <laughs> that there's some up-and-coming son of a bitch. No. Okay, who is willing to just go to the mat and destroy their own life, by the way, and somehow pull a rabbit out of the hat and get Donald Trump to be a free, free man, and it's not going to happen. It does not tell you a lot, though, that that uh, he doesn't say, and he never said, and it never did happen, that any of the top defense lawyers in Washington who have done fantastic jobs in the past in other issues where politicians or high-level business executives are embroiled in scandal, and there is a yeah, there's a group of, uh, of lawyers who are fantastic. This is what they do. These are the ones that charge $2,000 an hour. By the way, you do have to pay them. Uh, but it's well worth it if, if they can get none of those people ever, ever were going to work for Donald Trump. You know, they, just, they just weren't. I didn't see Don McGahn, who was a mafia lawyer who became his you know, personal attorney in the White House. For, I didn't see him stay on. Uh, after Trump left office or come back to him and want to work for him as a private attorney, it wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. He didn't want any part of it. He wasn't interested. Um, Were you, uh, as as I was really disappointed by the Greensboro appearance of the former president this weekend, uh, he, he appeared in Georgia earlier in the day on Saturday, and then Greensboro at the state GOP convention in Greensboro on, on Saturday night, all the pub went to the Georgia speech. And the, uh, the Greensboro speech was extremely low energy, droning, repetitive. Uh, he was off chasing rabbits all over the place, this, that, and a third. Uh, it was, I don't know how much of that you saw. You usually torture I yourself did. by watching these things. Brett, what? I'm your buddy. Yeah. I'm going to let you down. I, this first is one of the first times. First, I'm really pissed. I'm really pissed that C-SPAN ran all of the stuff in the afternoon from Georgia yeah. live. Right. They did. They ran Mike Pence, and then later in the afternoon, uh, they had to fill some time while Trump flew to North Carolina. And then in the evening, what did they do? They re-ran the Georgia stuff, and they did not ever run the North Carolina material live on Saturday night. Britt, I had to watch it on Newsmax. I was watching it on their website. I saw it on the C-SPAN website. Well... They didn't have it live on the on the network on the TV. They didn't I, have it on the on the, te- on the television. Well, because yeah, no. you know they're prejudiced. They're liberals. We know that. They That's hate funny. it. No, they were, they had it live on their on their website, and I I was yeah. texting you guys. They had the the camera in the back of the room, and literally somebody was saluting him during an applause break by waving their cane back and forth. <laughs> uh, literally, literally, somebody. I mean, that really did happen. Wow. 
on Saturday. So you, was, you, uh, you, you, uh, your, your, your take along with a few others is, is uh, uh, Don was a little low energy, huh? Little low was, energy. Even by his standards, it was a meandering, self-aggrandizing. Yeah, low low energy is a good way well, to say it. Well, because you have to be careful if you're Don Trump now that uh, unless you have an actual real rally outside or a, a planned event for truly your people to uh, show up and go bananas for you, it's not going to be quite the same in these statewide events among Republicans, no matter what state you're in, because uh, uh, everyone is not forced to salute you. And so you get that kind of tepid response a lot. You get a lot of silence uh, when you think you're doing your one-liners. Nobody, nobody cares all that much. But, but here's a new threat, a new culture war concept that, again, washed through Republican candidates last week as, as quickly as the word weaponization did. And it is this. And it plays particularly well here in the South, which is if I'm elected president, the first thing I'm going to do is rename. And if he's in North Carolina or she's in North Carolina, she will say, I will rename Fort Liberty, which just was changed to that from Fort Bragg last yeah. week, because, of course, uh, Bragg was a losing Confederate general. Uh we're going to change it back. We're going to make America Confederate again. And DeSantis said it on Friday. And then I heard Mike Pence say it on Saturday. I did not hear Trump say it, but you got to believe that Trump, a guy who had uh, promised to pardon people who've been convicted of trying to overthrow the government on January 6th. If he's willing to do that, I'm sure he'd be happy to try to, if it was up to him, uh, change the name back to Fort Bragg. But just think of the the sickness that, I don't know, waffles through a Republican Party that thinks that that's an important, good idea. No, it's a huge one. And it's, I mean, uh, they used to be the party of Lincoln. Now they're the party of Robert E. Lee. And that's just how they roll. No, now they're the party of George Lincoln Rockwell, famous Nazi. <laughs> George Lincoln Rockwell. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it feels to me as Mar, I mean, it's got more, it's got less of a world and, and Middle Eastern uh, effect that it, this would have. But it was right. something that, that his voters, enjoyed that the trump voters enjoyed in 2016 is i'm going to change that uh israeli embassy is going to be in jerusalem and not tel aviv you know that's that's a perfect analogy the same kind of thing to his average voters it means fuck all to them it doesn't help their personal life it doesn't help their financial situation it doesn't do anything but it's just one of those things that you do and oh my god i'm glad he's doing that that's so great it means nothing yeah well you're standing up to the politically correct ninnies well, but this you're, also- you're standing up to to the woke military, which caved in and changed the name from Fort Bragg and a bunch of the other. I think there's nine of them, nine military bases, uh, mostly in the South that have Confederate names. Fort Bragg was named Fort Bragg 50 years after the Civil War. So 
50 years after the Civil War, we've already fucked over Reconstruction, right? Mm-hmm. And we are we are right in the middle of Jim Crow America. Yep. So as these military bases are established, let's throw a bone to the Confederates. Let's see here. Uh, Bragg was known for his hot temper and prickly disposition. He was involved in a number of notable setbacks, including the Battle of Shiloh in Tennessee. That's the other thing about these. That's the other thing about these guys. If you if you dive into these things, these guys were fucking like Fort Benning in Georgia. That guy. I don't know if he ever won a battle. He lost everything. Uh, in the battle for Chattanooga in 1863, November, he was he had his ass kicked by Ulysses S. Grant, and they relieved him of his command. Now, that how? Wait a minute! He got fired by the Confederacy. Yeah, and they still named a military base for him 50 years later. Right. I love the news and record is a great. This is unsigned. This is a full editorial. The line is: He was not the Michael Jordan of war strategists. <laughs> no, he he was he was Michael Jordan, but it was Jordan playing baseball. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> yeah, yeah, he was the outfielder, Michael Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's that, and uh, I didn't see any explicit endorsement by Trump in North Carolina for governor i didn't hear him say it but you didn't you didn't hear it but uh he is going to support mark robinson enthusiastically he's saying which put mark robinson one step closer to actually being governor unfortunately Uh, many republican voters anticipate the uh anticipating the let's see some party members have questioned whether Robinson's long history of harsh comments where some Jews, and women, and LGBTQ, that might hurt the party's chance of winning back the governorship in a closely divided state. You would hope so. And you would hope uh, that here, the fucking endorsement of Donald Trump will not mean anything. Wrong. Ted goddamn bud. Jesus Christ. Come on. It's not going to. Uh, for people who don't know, we talked about Mark Robinson a little bit on this uh on, on the Brad and Brit cast, but I know some of you don't listen to every one of these crazy. Mark Robinson is our Lieutenant governor who is a huge piece of shit. Uh, he has made his bones primarily on the gay and L- the gay and transgender community by hating on them. But he also, as, as pointed out by Brad, uh, goes after Jews. In fact, for my money in the past 10 years among elected officials, you can't find someone who has uh, has said more awful things about African-Americans than Mark Robinson, who is, in fact, African-American. Uh, he would be an absolute disaster, a joke, and just tragedy if he was elected the governor of North Carolina. But he has, admittedly, no less than a 50-50 shot in 2024. All right, but this is the, the uh, interesting angle to, to all this. State Treasurer Dale Falwell, running against Robinson in the Republican primary for governor of North Carolina, told Associated Press by text on Saturday during Trump's speech that he never intended to ask for or receive the former president's endorsement. That probably will turn into, a, at some point, if necessary, Trump saying, he was begging me for a job. Tears were flowing down his face. Sir! Sir! Right? 
Couldn't put he couldn't pick Dale Fowle out of a lineup, but right. sir, please, I need matter. your help, sir. Dale Fowell right. so, is an is an honorable public servant who is about to get steamrolled unless he pulls out in the next forty eight hours. All right, Fowell continue. Yeah. Trump doesn't know me or my track record for governing or explaining conservatism without offending people. Well, guess what, Dale? That's not what conservatism <laughs> <It's over. laughs> is all about anymore. No, it's not it's, about great policies and not offending people, and that's your terminology you're required to uh, you're required to offend people now you have to if you don't then you suck you're awful Uh, they spoke to a person who was uh attending a guy named charles norwood a developer from Hampstead. yeah so he was undecided about which gubernatorial candidate to support mark robinson or mr falwell robinson is very dynamic but he and his wife lynn say they were both leaning towards falwell who has impressed them during his time as state treasurer. Mark's got the enthusiasm, but he may be unfamiliar with the levers of power. He may not work the political system as well as he works the emotional system. Can I tell you, this was this was Mark Robinson's qualification for being our lieutenant governor, which decidedly is a pretty useless office. I'll give you that. It doesn't really do Go anything. Expl- I- yes, ex- explain his meteoric rise from this them. is what happened. I, after one of the school shootings, it may have been Parkland, our mayor in Greensboro said, maybe we shouldn't have a gun show at the Greensboro Coliseum Special Event Center, which is run and owned by the city. Mark Robinson then went to the city council and the part where you get to make a speech, he pounds the desk for about three minutes. This thing gets picked up by all the crazy ass right wing sites. It goes viral. And there you are. That's literally what the man has done his entire life, except eat a tremendous amount of food a huge amount of, of all sorts of food. And, uh, and that's when he, he has had, he has this online persona where he's a complete asshole goes after gay people, goes after transgenders goes. He is now being invited by a number of, of, of churches to preach the hate of transgender and wokeism. Um, like I said, African-Americans, he has a real, I've had to present things to people who didn't know Mark Robinson, and they went, wait a minute, this guy's black though, right? And I went, yeah, yeah, he is. He is. And he feels that he has specific license to really say awful stuff about the African-American community. Well, because he's black, Britt. <laughs> that that, that insulates black. him. Like, I mean, I don't want to play that game, but if it was me saying that stuff or you saying that stuff, like, my God, the, the shit that would rain down upon us. I, you, all right, let's uh, let's look at the list here. Uh, oh, but you missed the other great piece of information that came out from the state convention. What? The censure of Mr. Tom Tillis, our senator, our uh, senior senator from North Carolina. Yeah. Which you know, that by made, the way, it's, that, made, it's, that that made the national news. I heard, I heard that it's it's absolute. I'm going to say it's fucking mind blowing. It's the best. People, I love it. These, it's the people, these people got together in Greensboro over the weekend. We got to get that fucking Tom Tillis, son of a bitch. He has been on my shit list, and we're going to. And and remember, what was the reason they gave for censuring him? He loves the gays. He, he thinks gay marriage is okay. Well, yeah, here you go. Uh, this is NPR. Republican delegates in North Carolina voted Saturday to censure for backing LGBTQ rights, immigration, and gun violence policies. So. 
He's just wrong, wrong, and wrong. He's off the reservation. Tillis has gained influence in Congress for his willingness to work across the aisle. His oh, record no. of supporting some key policies has raised concerns among some state Republicans that the senator has actually become half-assed normal, and they can't stand that. They hate it. <laughs> Make no mistake. Tom Tillis, in his career when he was a state politician, a state politician in North Carolina, and when he's been a senator, he's been a pretty tremendous asshole. He really has. He's done some really bad oh, shit. Britt, Brit, he's been in office since 2015, and he worked last year on the Respect for Marriage Act, which enshrined protections for same-sex and interracial marriages in federal law. He must pay. He <laughs> must pay for that. It's, it's hysterical. It's unbelievable. So they're going to try – I don't know. If they're going to try to primary him the next time this comes up, it's going to be a few years. <laughs> but they both, just felt like they needed North to sit Carolina, down. <laughs> both North Carolina and the National Republican platform still oppose same-sex marriage. Well, of course, Did you know that? Well, they I'm never not... throw in the towel. They never, they never give it up. No, it's, uh, it's Tillis a winning... opposed it earlier in his career. Was among the early supporters of the law who lobbied his Republican colleagues in Congress to vote in favor of it. So he changed. We don't know why he changed. We could be very very generous and say you know what maybe he's he's learning the lesson of humanity right it's he sees he, it as an, an antiquated right. policy to oppose a marriage when exactly it's stupid and by the right. way they, I, or, I, I, or, I, I, I just saw polls that said support for uh gay people getting married is like at the highest it's like the highest level it's right. ever been in american right. history it, it, right except in republican primaries that doesn't matter <laughs> But wait, then there's the other possibility. There's the the uh, the Rob Portman possibility, which is, you know, uh, uh, two or three years ago, unbeknownst to us, uh, someone in his family uh, came out as gay or yeah. transgender. Yeah, which shouldn't matter. He, it should suddenly never matter. he suddenly realized that uh, people like that should not be discriminated against. However, uh, that that being true, um that's never stopped some politicians from uh, being hypocrites in public, even if in their private lives, they were living it a little bit differently. All right. Uh, Tom Tillis, th thanks for, for catching that one. Uh, so yeah, there was some, there was some news in North Carolina. We got, we got screwed out of the pub because well, see Georgia is uh, Georgia's a big deal. Well, the, see, but the DeSantis speech on on Friday night, got good national coverage uh, from, from Greensboro because he was doing this, that, and the third. Of course, you know, it's Friday night and nobody's really caring and nobody's really watching. But it, th that one kind of penetrated. But then the Trump, the Trump shit on Saturday was thud. Absolutely lifeless as fuck. Nothing happened with that. Yeah. But that Tom uh, Tillis, that Tom Tillis shit is hilarious. I don't care what you say that's fucking hilarious that well, those you, people uh, did that what was it he uh uh early in his senate career he came out on the correct side from our point of view of was it on immigration or was it on guns there was the a, right thing and trump a, trump pounded on him and oh, he yeah. flipped in about two seconds what oh, was yeah. that about do you remember what I, that can't, was? I can't remember what it was about but yeah there was it was a point in time where trump went after him pretty hard and of course, uh, he came to him and said, "Sir, please stop, sir. I'll fall in line, sir." <laughs> so it was, 
He did a lot of sirs during his speech. I know. Saturday. So it that was that, so that bad. It was so it's not I think I've seen worse speeches from him in terms of everything. The, you know, the masturbatory part of it where he just tries to get himself off. Uh, he called the guy that ran against DeSantis the first time, the guy who was the mayor of Tallahassee, a crackhead. Has he done that before? Is that new oh, material? Andrew, Andrew Gillum? Yeah, he called him a crackhead. Like, uh, like not even like dallying around. They use the term crackhead. I don't know if he's done that before. Do you remember the name Bruce Castor? It sounds familiar. I can't place it. All right. Uh, he was one of the guys that uh, defended Trump at, I believe, the second impeachment. Uh, he'd been a district attorney in uh, Montgomery County in Pennsylvania. And his uh, latest client was Rudy Giuliani. And... Um, Last Tuesday, he asked if he could be removed as Rudy's lawyer in the latest civil suit against Rudy. And here are the reasons. Number one, he's not cooperating. And number two, he's not paying me. <laughs> Rudy Giuliani, right out of the Trump playbook, right? Don't listen to your lawyers and don't pay them. It really works out well, doesn't it? I, I, yeah. I mean, like lawyers, they'll quit on you because they just they want to get paid. Yeah. That's just how it is. Yeah. So you know, when the when the book is written about this, and there'll be many books, my yeah. goodness, there'll be many, many yeah. books. There should be. Uh, someone's going to write a book about all the lawyers, right? That's got to be. That's got to be. You know, we'll write that book. Jeff Tubin, he will write um, the book. Uh, that's sure. He, he's good at that kind of shit. I know. Go ahead. Make your joke. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, what's he, is he going to write a book about jacking off? <laughs> no, no. You're supposed to say, well, he'll only be able to use one hand on the oh, typewriter. That's right. You <laughs> oh, yours is better than mine. <laughs> and I just made that up. Uh, uh, I'm so sorry. I, uh, I apologize. Uh, what else do we have here on the list? Uh, snowbirds fly north in June, not south to Miami, unless you don't have a choice. As we speak, I do believe uh, Trump is in the air flying down to Miami, or as uh, people in my parents' generation used to call it, Miami. <laughs> that, was, that was very disturbing. I used to hear that all the time, Miami. Um, and uh, you're right. Your question's a good one. Who will be uh, standing next to him in court in another proceeding that we will not be able to see and we'll not be able to hear a recording of? And for the life of me, I do not understand this. It is wrong. We should have open courts that are seen by everyone, considering where the technology is right now and the necessity that we have... Uh, this has been the word of the the decade transparency oh, well. in our judicial system because it is it is instructive it would be helpful for everyone to be able to see the gravity of what goes on when you are arraigned in court um especially 
especially in a case where, and this will be the first time Trump will be in court with Aileen Cannon, the judge who bent over backwards to rule in his favor several months ago in the uh, original case up in Palm Beach County uh, over the uh, evidence that was being compiled at that time. I need a special master to look at uh, every little piece of evidence, which was bullshit. And we need there to be cameras to uh, catch any eye contact that is made between these two people, don't you think? I Well, I mean, again... Don't the, you think? The word and the, the phrase is always um, significant public interest. Of course, there's significant public interest, like in no way that any other court case has ever had. Yeah. So, yes, we all should 100% see this, and we all should 100% be able to see this uh, in real time. But on the other hand, on the other hand, Trump, who thinks he's the smartest person to ever walk the earth, as you know, he's smarter than all the lawyers that he's ever hired. He's smarter than every politician that's ever walked the halls of anywhere in Washington. He's smarter than every businessman who's ever cut a deal. He's smarter than every real estate mogul that's ever ever bought or built a bill. He's, he's number one. If there aren't cameras in the courtroom, I believe that Trump thinks that he will be able to, through his sheer presence, his magnetism, his aura, much in the same way he believes that he can declassify documents just by blinking his eyes or thinking about them, or what I believe to be true, he believes that like Samantha, Elizabeth Montgomery on Bewitched, he could just twitch his nose and declassify secret military documents, our war plans, our nuclear secrets. So just maybe, just maybe by there not being cameras in there, but there will be observers. There will be some members of the public and some members of the press in there. Um, he may give away the game, thinking he's that smart. Now, you, did you hear who gave him, really, I think maybe the best advice of all, it's way too late, on how to handle it. It's O.J. Simpson. Because O.J. Simpson, um, I think he put this out in a tweet. He said, I had uh, lawyers, Alan Dershowitz, and uh, it wasn't Kardashian, wasn't one of his lawyers. It was a one. Of, it wasn't F. Lee Bailey. It was Johnny Cochran. Okay, Johnny Dershowitz. Cochran. They they read the riot act to him and said, "You will say nothing. You will not give interviews. You will not be. You you just won't do it. You will not do it." And O.J. said, "Of course, that they were right." And, you know, he got the favorable uh, uh, decision in, in court when he needed it in the, in the criminal trial because of the advice that he got from, from, from them at the time. And, of course, I'm sure that he's gotten that advice now and he completely ignores it, Trump. Now, I did catch a few moments of the Fox on Sunday, this might have been their their, their Sunday show, and uh, it was Jonathan Turley who said what 
you said, he said, which is, you know, Trump's screwed <laughs> if uh, half of this stuff or he's toast, if half of this stuff is is true. And then Trey Gowdy, Trey Gowdy, who was a prosecutor before he became a congressman for uh, several terms and then uh, became the man known as the finest hairdo in congressional history. How does it stand straight up? Trey Gowdy, he works for Fox now. I think he's got a weekend show. And the question was posed to him. If you had a client who acted as Donald Trump does, speaking in public constantly and not listening to you, what would you do? And without missing a beat, Trey Gowdy said, I would quit in five seconds. I'd be out of there. There is no <laughs> way I would represent. Now, there's just no, there there's you no, go. There's nobody there with a brain. Go. There's nobody with a brain that would take being his client. Because, I mean, number but, one, let's just start with you're not going to get paid. So but, we're but done. Wait, wait, we're wait, out. But when Trey Gowdy was in Congress, when he was in Congress, if things were the same and he was still in the Republican Party as a member of Congress, he would not have given that answer. That's yeah. the problem. He would never have said, I would never represent the guy. And these are the kind of questions that need to be asked, not to Jonathan Turley, a law professor, or to Trey Gowdy, a former congressman, now a guy on Fox, or Bill Barr, the uh, former attorney general, who in another life, and I'm old enough to remember when he would lie for Donald Trump. A lot of times. And tap dance and spin and delay and get out in front of the Mueller report and lie. But now he doesn't have to worry about that and he can tell the truth. So if Bill Barr was not in government back then, he would have never said what he said about the Mueller report. And now that he's out of government, He's saying, what is the truth? But if he was still in government or if he was a personal attorney for Donald Trump, he might not be saying those those things. And I understand the concept of situational ethics, but this is yeah. <laughs> this is a new level. This is just a new level. You do wonder if uh, if uh, Lindsey Graham, like in his away from the cameras and in private moments, is kind of like going, oh, this is terrible. He's he's doomed. There's no way he's going to not that Lindsey Graham would in his private life act any different than he does in his public life. <clears throat> right. But yeah, I mean, I, I, that's just I, I wonder if that's happening, like behind closed doors or in a closet or something. Lindsey Graham's but like see, admitting here's to people, the point. It doesn't matter. It 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 you know, we, we got to get past even thinking about wondering whether do these people really know the truth when they're saying blah, blah, blah in public? It doesn't matter. Nothing matters or what you say with your friends at the Republican congressional gym. It right. means <laughs> it doesn't. nothing. It, it just doesn't. <laughs> um, and we know that, you know. Uh, all the Republicans didn't go to uh, Republican law schools and the Democrats went to Democratic law schools. It doesn't work that way. They all went to the same places. OK, right. And uh, so this is this is just disingenuous uh, bullshit. And you have all these people who jumped into the race in the last few weeks on the Republican side for one reason only one reason only because they believe that Donald Trump will be taken out, not by Ron DeSantis, but by Jack Smith and by Fonnie Willis and by Alvin Bragg and their respective 
uh, justice departments at the state and federal level. That's the only reason that they are in, which makes what they're doing, saying publicly that they believe that Donald Trump is a victim and this is the weaponization of our justice system. And if I'm president, we're going to we're going to clean this up. And by the way, uh, before Trump left and got on the airplane, he typed this out. I hope the entire country's watching what the radical left lunatics are doing to America. Yeah, we are. And we all stand for. Yeah. We are a nation in serious decline, and it will only get worse. P.S. By the way, China effectively just took over Cuba. (laughs) Would never have happened under the Trump administration. Okay, so there's 20 lies in there, including this whole thing about China spying on the United States from Cuba. They started doing that in 2019. Right. That that was Biden's uh, preterm, wasn't it? He was, it was the, the, uh, yeah, the that was year year negative one of the Biden administration. Right. And then in all capital letters. So this is serious. Now that the seal is broken, in addition to closing all the borders and removing all the criminal elements that have illegally invaded our country, making America energy independent and even dominant again, and immediately ending the war between Russia and Ukraine, I will appoint a real special. And he put this word in quotes, prosecutor, to to go after the most corrupt president in the history of the USA. Me. No, Joe Biden. (laughs) The entire entire Biden crime family and all others with the destruction of our elections, borders and country itself. So he's 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 going off the rails even for himself, because once you go all caps, there's nothing left on social media. Right. You can't you can't make it any more hysterical or vivid oh but we got it we, the good news is the good news is for donald we do have an opening because ted kaczynski died in butner so there's a, there's a place waiting for him he it's right. ready and willing to it's right there you got the corner suite if you want it pal well uh the part that kaczynski was in he was in the medical yeah you, you know because i guess yeah. they have a big medical thing so yeah. uh, donald trump would have to get really really ill that'd be tough probably to end up at, based on his at, outstanding at physical Parker. condition it'd be tough to imagine him getting some sort of problem but remember it? you know they put bernie madoff down there yeah they did uh for a long time so he obviously wasn't in the medical unit the whole time what do they have like two parts of it like I think one so. is a regular yeah 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 and um so yeah yeah, and and you know what? Mark Meadows could show him how to register to vote. <laughs> I see what you did there. If he moves here. <laughs> it's really easy to do. 